0: Hey, it's Quinn Miners, and you're listening to The Blitz. Welcome
1: back to another episode of The Blitz. This is episode number 25. I guess you kind of refer to it as the foul trouble Ben Simmons episode because uh, he had a rough night tonight. But uh, we're trying out a new platform. We're still going to be uploading and, and all that good stuff. But we're trying out Spotify Green Room, so we can have a little live discussion with people if they join on. So this will be a little bit different if anybody does show up. So um, as always, my name is Anthony DeBona. You can follow me on Twitter at Bae Debona. You can follow the show on Twitter at The Blitz Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by my, br- my brother, John DeBona. You can follow him on Twitter at Jorge Blanco. And now you can follow us on Green Room as well. So my uh, ad is the same as my Twitter ad, Debona on here. And John's ad on here is J- uh, JohnD119, correct? Yep. Alrighty. so... I guess we should start with the big news of the day. I know we had a couple uh, well, we have a, a playoff game going on right now. And then uh, the first game, the Sixers beat the Hawks to send that series to seven. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, the big news broke early this morning when I think both of us were at work. As a diehard Celtics fan, I was surprised to see it happen this early in the offseason. Well, technically the offseason for them, I guess. And I don't think I've ever seen a trade happen at this time. But I didn't even know a trade could happen at this time. But the Celtics traded Kemba Walker and a 2025 second-round pick, I believe it was, to the Oklahoma City Thunder to bring back their old friend Al Horford, uh, a young big man in Moses Brown, and then a 2023 second-round pick. And, uh, well, they also gave up uh, their 16th overall pick in this year's draft, so that's uh, the price they had to pay to get rid of Kemba's contract. But as a fan
2: of neither team, what did
1: you think of the trade?
2: I thought it was surprising that Brad Stevens didn't say no trade backs when I guess they never, I guess they didn't trade him away to begin with, but let him go once and have him come back now with Horford. Um, as somebody who's not a fan of either team, I think it makes sense for both sides. For Oklahoma City, you didn't really need Horford. You're clearly rebuilding. He's doing nothing for you. Moses Brown it seems like showed some potential. I'm not going to pretend I watched any of the Thunder, but I saw he made first-team All-G League this year, and he's only 21. So maybe they could have held on to him. But, I mean, I think Kemba, if he's healthy, is still a solid player. And more importantly, they have, I think, every first-round pick that Houston doesn't have for the next four years. So it's basically just going to be those two teams doing a snake draft. It's going to sound like one of our mock drafts, where it's just me and you taking turns. That's how the NBA draft is going to sound with Atlanta and Houston the next few years. Oh, sorry, not Atlanta. Uh, Oklahoma City and Houston for the next few years. I think um, I... Uh, one thing. I think I
1: saw a thing that said they have like 37 draft picks over the next like six or seven years or something like that. It's just... That's insane. It's, you, you literally can't even make that many picks.
2: Like. <laughs> yeah, so we know they'll obviously be moving around with them and stuff. Um, first rounders in the NBA draft definitely don't hold the weight that they do in the NFL. But... It's still a nice thing to have, especially if you can get them potentially in the lottery, although I doubt Boston's will be or a lot of the picks that Houston got from the Nets will be. Um, But for Boston, it makes sense, too. You guys needed bigs. You needed to get rid of Kemba's contract. So adding some depth up front, getting a young guy with promise and uh, Moses Brown and being able to get rid of Kemba, I I can see why you did it. Yeah, I feel
1: like... I got way too excited about the Moses Brown edition only because I think his best game as an NBA player came against the Celtics this past season. Cause I, I don't think you even know, know about it, but he went for like 20 and 20 in the first half against them.
0: Yeah. I definitely and did it,
1: not know about that. Yeah. Um, and it was like, but like the second half, I think he had like two points and two rebounds, but he well, literally was like the first player since like Shaq to put up a line like that one half. And like, granted, he's playing for the Thunder, so they're a team that was not contending anyway. And they literally forced Al Horford to stay home because they were winning too much with him. Hmm. So it's like they were just playing these young guys and letting them do whatever. I don't think he's going to start for the Celtics. I don't even know if he's going to play much. He could just be their new taco fall that actually can play on the the court. But I'm still excited about it because for years, everybody was telling me how the Celtics had no big men and they had no center over 6'9". And now they add this giant seven foot two, 21 year old that's under contract for the next three or four years.
2: So, yeah, like I said, it makes some sense. Um, I got excited for you for a minute when I saw that he was all uh, G League first team. And then I decided to look at the history of the first team of the G League. <laughs> and there are some true legends that have played in the G League. Um, of the NBA players that I'm familiar with, there's guys like Quinn Cook. Three-time first-team G League, um, that's Van Blue, that's two-time, favorite player. two-time first-team uh, G League, and then actually one good one like I mean not amazing player but one player who's been playing well in the playoffs and decent overall. Seth Curry who's a two-time uh, first-team G League. So yeah. those are the those are the three most recent. Uh, oh, Robert Covington, I guess too, is another one. But if you look up and down the list, there's definitely. Not a lot of indication that making first team G League actually makes you good in the NBA or even a rotational player in the NBA because most of these guys are guys I've never heard of.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was pretty funny that, like, in his season ending uh, press conference or whatever, then at the time, head coach Brad Stevens had said something like the team was just too small. And then he literally trades who I think Kembo is probably either their shortest or their second smallest player for two big men like immediately and then he also so uh Danny Ainge took over the Celtics I think it was in 2002 and uh they made a first round pick in every draft since then and then Brad Steven comes along and he literally trades away their only first round pick this year immediately in his first move so it's just like a completely different philosophy and um who knows if it's going to work but I'm excited to see them do something They had, they had to shake it up Everybody knew Campbell was going to get traded. It was just a matter of uh, for what and when, but they, a lot of people say they could have held out. Maybe a team like the Clippers could have got desperate if they get knocked out early or something like that, but at this point, they're familiar with Al Horford. Brad Stevens knows he works with well with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who you're going to build around, so I guess it makes sense.
2: Well, until Jason Tatum demands a trade because he's tired of losing in Boston. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, one more thing
1: I want to add to this is that um, – this further, um, certifies my theory that TJ McConnell is going to be the next point guard of the Celtics <laughs> because, um, everybody knows Boston loves white players because they are some pretty racist people over there, but they just love like nitty gritty white dudes. They loved Greg Steemsma back in the day who, uh, I don't even know if anybody even remembers him, but yeah, he's going to, uh, He's probably going to sign for the mid-level exception. I'm calling it now, because uh, he's pretty good. He fits kind of what they actually need in terms of like they don't need somebody that's going to score first as a point guard, which is what their last three point guards were. But uh, who knows? We'll see what's going to happen. I mean, there's no TJ Warren, but I guess you got to take what you can get. <laughs> yeah, you got to. When you have the uh, salary cap situation that the Celtics have, it's going to be tough to do anything. But I will bring say that Evan uh, Fournier too. I think so.
2: By the time most people probably hear this, they'll already know what's going to happen tomorrow night. But uh, tomorrow night could be a big swing because if the Nets can win and then if they do manage to go on and win the next two series and somehow become NBA champs, while Boston now has no first-round pick this year, it would be a true circle-of-life moment off of the trade from 2013. But... I know there's a very good chance that I could be sitting here tomorrow just heartbroken, knowing that the Nets basically only have one more year, I think one more year, where they would theoretically have the window definitely be open. Um, Because if I'm not mistaken, I think Kyrie and KD can both leave after next year. I think Harden's around an extra year longer. But So the Nets really got to hope that they can take care of business tomorrow in Brooklyn and that – Joe Harris can be a decent player for once, and that Blake Griffin looks more like Blake Griffin from the first two games and less like Blake Griffin from last game. So, speaking of Joe Harris, I don't know what the hell. I, I was trolling the hell out of
1: Mets fans all season long. Don't get me wrong; I do think he's overpaid, but like he fits that role
2: purpose like perfectly. I mean, he averages the same amount of points as Ben Simmons, so is he overpaid? Yeah, I guess exactly. But I think there's like, literally a point. I think there's literally a point two point difference between them.
1: I looked it up the other day. Well, that's another guy. I mean, I don't know. Ben Simmons might be one of the worst contracts in the
2: NBA right now the way he's looked. I was watching the end of the uh I was watching the end of the Atlanta Philly game today, and it was just so insane. And I understand that you're saying he's in foul trouble cuz I missed like the beginning parts of the game. Um but it was just so insane the way that it was like literally uh defense put him in, offense take him out. Defense put him in, offense take him out. And it was just insane to watch that like he's supposed to be this superstar and you know, he's almost on par with Embiid in a lot of people's eyes, and then it's like you literally can only play him on one end of the court at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And I saw a thing. I don't know if you saw this. Somebody had posted in an NBA group, that uh, I think it was Ben Simmons and Joe Harris over their last, like, it was some weird number they made up. I think it was, like, their last 23 uh, three-point attempts. They're both, like, 5 of 18 or something like that. <laughs> it's just, like. Joe yeah. Harris he yeah. ha- he has to like play well tomorrow cuz he's he's had he's, a rough he's got to step up yeah cuz he's been yeah. looking rough but like i get it because at the same time when you have Kyrie Harden and KD on the court it allows him to float around run around nobody's really paying attention to him but now i guess teams are keen on him a little bit more yeah, i mean,
2: i get that but like what's crazy about it and i brought this up in the nba group too his numbers this year at least as far as averages are basically the same as what he put up the last two years when he didn't have KD and only had Kyrie for some of the time and really had nobody the rest of the time, where teams could pay a lot more attention to him. He was in a lot closer to the situation he's in now than he was earlier, and he was still putting up, like, 14 a game all year. But, I don't know, something something about these playoffs and Joe Harris are not mixing well.
1: Yeah, it's weird because, like he's like, he's putting up pretty much around the same amount of points, but it's just, like, He's so much less efficient these last couple of games. Like you would never see him go. But he, I was saying, he's not even really. Putting
2: up, but he's not even really putting up the same amount of points because I know he had nine in Milwaukee, and that's just not good. And then his first two, I think he, I think he had ten total in the first two games of the series, if I'm not mistaken, or the um, third and fourth, maybe. I'm gonna look it up right now. So.
1: He uh, um, somebody said he spent all his uh, VC in that one game against Boston. That like half <laughs> the group. Well, no,
2: Stephen and, and Anthony went to and from the group. But, yeah. Okay. Here's Joe Harris's games this series. Uh, first game, 19 points. Great above his averages. Next game, 13 points. Right about A little low, but right about his average. Like I said, his average for the season was like 14.1. Um, then, this is what's crazy. His last four, three points, eight points, five points, and nine points. On one of 11, three of eight, two of 11, and four of nine. The four of nine being the least offensive of all of them, but only, still only getting nine points out of that. It's like, well, it's is, crazy. Game,
1: is game three the game that Kyrie got hurt? Uh,
2: Game three is the game I think that Kyrie got hurt, if I remember it. Yeah, so that's like, I feel like
1: that's pretty telling, the fact that the second Kyrie went out, that's it. Like Yeah. he get, He's getting more attention because nobody's going to care about Blake Griffin. I know Jeff Green caught fire the last game, but like, I don't know. It's just very, very weird. Oh don't know. It was like game three. Well, did Kyrie got hurt late Kyrie late got in game? Because Kyrie
2: played 45 minutes game three. No, no, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Then it was the uh, it, was it was game, game four, four that Kyrie went out. Yeah. Because
1: okay. I know Harden got been. hurt
2: right at the start of game one. Yeah. And then, yeah, Harden uh, got uh, hurt right at the start of game one. I know Kyrie got hurt in the second quarter. I just forgot which game it was.
1: Yeah, it was. It's got to be be, game four, because he only played 17 minutes.
2: Okay, so. What's crazy, though, is, like, everybody went off about Durant's game, what was it, two games ago? Where the series was tied 2-2, and he really needed to, like, pull something special out of his bag with uh, Kyrie out and Harden coming back, but everybody knew he wasn't going to be at 100%. And he had that insane game where he literally played every minute and became the, like, first person since LeBron in the conference final or the NBA finals to play every minute of a game. But then it was like yesterday, and I get that his field goal percentage wasn't great, but yesterday he had 32 points, 11 rebounds, only three assists, but 32 and 11, and it's still like, eh, that's just a pedestrian game kind of for him. (laughs) Like, that's nothing special. Just a casual 32 and 11. We got it's spoiled like, by that performance, that's what it is. Yeah, well forty nine, seventeen, and ten, that's like insane. Playing all forty eight minutes.
1: But what? I was listening to like the K show earlier today, and they were pretty much saying that like he needs to have a game like that again, pretty much, in game seven or something close to it, because if they don't win this game, nobody's gonna remember that game. Like nobody's gonna care. The season's gonna be considered a major failure and like I don't know. It's it's weird.
2: Yeah, tomorrow I mean tomorrow's gonna be tomorrow's going to be telling he KD has to have another huge game. I don't, I'm not saying he has to play all 48 and have that, those insane numbers, but he has to have like 30 points and nearly a triple double. And, you know, have a good shooting percentage and stuff for them to have any chance, but they really need somebody else to step up too, whether it's Harris or Blake, or ideally both of them and Jeff green, maybe because now they ruled out Kyrie officially and, we see Harden still not Harden yet. But,
1: but, but wait, that, that doesn't mean anything because Harden was ruled out officially the day before, and then the morning of he was doubtful, then he was questionable by lunchtime, then he was probable by dinnertime, and then he was fucking playing. Excuse my language, but he was playing by the time the game started. So it's just like, I mean, I, I don't think Kyrie's going to play, but I would not be surprised if he uh, burned some sage and showed up on the court.
2: Yeah. Uh in other basketball news this week, the Dallas Mavericks made a move. Oh, uh, you got to bring that up. Well, looking at who else is in the green room with us. I see. <laughs> I had no I had no choice.
1: We we should, we got to we got to bring him in. We got to bring him in. Let him let him get it, let his feelings out. You got to keep it a little PG. But uh let's, let's see what Eric's got to say about his team. <laughs> the bombs <laughs> dropping on his team.
0: Immediately about to get myself booted because I got too much to say. <laughs> What's up, Eric? What's good,
2: y'all? What's
0: going on? Oh, not much. Not much. Watching the game. Uh, helping my uh, modding mm-hmm. on my my bro's uh, Twitch channel right now. So listen, the
1: article Artists. came out so, yeah, from the you got some loud music in the background there. Yeah, sorry, it's my TV. <laughs> my but, uh, Eric's apparently
2: walking through a dance hall, as he calls them.
1: <laughs> Listen, so the, the athletic article came out, said that there was a bunch of stuff going on in the Mavs front office, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban quote tweeted it, called it total BS, and then literally the next day.
0: Donnie Nelson goes, yep.
1: Yes, and then the day after that, Rick, Rick Carl steps on. down. Yep. <laughs> so what the hell is going on there? But Lucas um, Luca said he's he's staying, so
0: that's all that really matters, right? So I'm thinking Mark Cuban is – well, right now, Mark Cuban is put in, in – he's like in a corner right now receiving all kind of Floyd Mayweather haymakers right now because, one, when he said that, that was total BS. That like that makes him completely look bad because yeah, you that's, fire Donnie. Like you already – it's like everybody looked at Mark Cuban like 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 he was the GOAT. Well, he was. Until you know that, but he had a couple scandals going on or whatever. But, um, my opinion was going on in Dallas. I think they are looking, I think they're looking in too deep. Um, I think that the whole Donnie, the whole Donnie firing, they were saying that there was like, there was like some ongoing tension between Luca and, and Donnie. But I didn't I didn't hear anything about that. That was news to me when I when I read about like when I read reading into the whole like Mavericks thread and stuff like that. They were saying that that was because there was tension between them. But I'm like tension. I'm like that was a, this, this is the man that brought Luca to to the Mavericks. So I'm like I'm confused about that. And then when I saw Luca say what he said about him, I'm like okay, see that that kind of like clears up the air for me because I'm like that I don't remember them ever like I don't remember Luca saying like you know I I don't have issues with Donnie. Now the real confusion for me. Was Rick Carlisle? I'm that's like utterly shocked me. So wait,
1: here here's my theory. I'm gonna cut you off real quick. Mm. So with the whole Nelson thing, I think yeah he brought Luca in, but I think Luca probably approached Mark Cuban and was like, yo, I'll come back, but I can't with this guy running the team because apparently him and Porzingis don't really get along. And that was basically the one big move that they made besides getting Luca. So like I feel like Luca was like, I'll sign the extension if this guy goes, but then after that happened. Carlisle is also seeing who, like, the other teams that are that have openings right now. Because I think, what, five of the seven that are open are, like, teams that were in the playoffs this year. And then you're, the Bucks might fire Budenholzer if they lose to the Nets. So, like, if you're telling me, if I'm Rick Carlisle and I'm, like, this situation is looking like it's going to be a little shaky. I've been here 12, 13 years. I kind of want to move on try something new. There's going to be a lot of good openings across the league. So, I feel like he's going to have his pick of whichever one he wants. But... He just probably saw the situation
0: becoming a little toxic and was like, Yo, I'm out of here. It's been too long, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I saw um, I saw a quote that kind of like resonated with this whole situation, and um, it was about it was saying it was basically saying, Imagine your coach steps down when you have Luka Doncic on your team, and I'm just like, it goes to say like it goes to show you like what's happening a lot in in Dallas, and I'm like, and then it's sad because then uh, the the news came out today that they hired Dirk. And I'm just like, see, this is how you know Mark Cuban is panicking, because Dirk always said that he wanted to come back in, a, in in some kind of way or some form or whatever. Yeah, I never, I've never heard him say anything about like coaching, but I don't think he ever like closed the door on that. But like, it just goes to show you that Mark Cuban is panicking because he he let Donny go. Then you turn around and Rick is like, "Yo, yeah, bro, I'm I'm out of here," and I completely agree with that. I th- I think I think Rick Carlisle. Is the first of? All, I always said it. I, I think I even posted it in the, in the in the old group. I've always asked like, how do y'all feel about like Rick Carlisle being like a top ten coach? Because I always thought that he was a top ten coach. Some people don't put him in top five, and I understand that, but I, he has to at least be like top ten. Like I think he's definitely right now top five. Oh, Because okay. like, he does... he's top five for me, but I'm like top yeah. ten like in general. Like I feel like you know because what he did and what he continued to do, you know, it's like it, it's 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 like. I, I don't even know. I can't even like, come up with the words. But the only thing I will say I don't like how he. I really feel like he kind of like he uh he held back um KP in a way because when he came when he was playing in New York he was playing in the at the four when he came to Dallas he put him at the five because he wanted to put um who did he put at the four? It was uh I think he was, he was swapping between. Yeah, we swapping between he was swapping between Cleaver and 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 Dwight Powell, and I really feel like the center position is not like the something that he he's really good at. Cause one, uh, he's tall but he's frail. He's not really that strong, and that's and and on top of that, he's injured. He's injury prone, and I feel like he's playing so scared. Like he doesn't want to he doesn't want to back down. He kind of doesn't want to play rough in the paint because he feels like he's gonna get hurt again. So now he pretends to be. Steph Curry, and that's the and that's the thing that blows minds because it's like you're you're seven three and you're running around and you're thinking that you're you're a point guard. So it's like me, it's like if we got a hundred million dollar mess going on. I I can't sit there and say that Luca's gonna be here after the supermax because I really feel like he's not gonna he's not gonna give up that kind of money. It's just that's retarded. But after. <laughs>
1: once once he signs that deal he's going to be like uh you're going to see that Woj bomb Luka Doncic by the all-star break Luka Doncic has declared a trade or or is unhappy with what's going on in Dallas hey and, the, and then you're going to see OKC swooping in here is 10 uh, 15 draft picks <laughs> Yo, take, take this
0: they're about to own half the, they own like half the first round anyway it makes it's this crazy. honestly
1: like it sounds crazy but that might be one of the things i'm looking to like forward to most over the next couple of years of just sports in general it's just like, what the hell are they going to do with all those picks? Because they can't make them, so they have to do something.
0: So
2: they'll release the entire roster and just have yeah. a roster of rookies. <laughs> oh,
1: that's the right? thing. <laughs> Their whole roster right now is a, a, especially basically rookies. They were playing. Uh, I think they had the youngest starting five, so it was just like, that's just what they did, and that's why they sent Al Horford home because they were like, yeah, we're, we're winning a little bit too much to be. Uh, we want to be tanking, so we're just gonna <laughs> send you home because everybody thought they were gonna buy him out but then they didn't, so I don't know. Now, obviously, now they traded him, but
2: whatever. Yeah, well, so, the, the Celtics didn't have a superstar to lure Horford in without a trade, so. all right, all right, relax. So, some teams have that luxury of just being able to get, like, a Blake Griffin or a pre-retirement LaMarcus Aldridge
1: do you need me? To, do you need me to pull up the Jason Tatum versus the Nets highlight? The
2: playoffs who, who cares? Here's, <laughs> let's pull up the record of Jason Tatum against the Nets from this yeah. year.
1: That's a a team stat. That's
2: a team stat. So I have a question. Think about this. Can you imagine, like, and I know it's all hypotheticals, but can you imagine if the Nets had had their full roster this year and been fully healthy? Like, I don't know if they would have been able to bring in both Aldridge and Griffin if if Dinwiddie was healthy. But imagine just having Dinwiddie, Griffin, Aldridge, like after having, and even Harris when he plays like Harris. After having Harden, KD, and Kyrie, like if that team was fully healthy, now I have no doubt in my mind that like a fully healthy Nets team would have definitely won the championship, even if oh, the yeah. Lakers were fully, even if the Lakers were fully healthy though. Because I had my reservations. I was like, if the Lakers are fully healthy, if LeBron and AD are at 100%, they can really give the Nets a tough challenge, even mm. if the Nets were full strength. But looking at what the Nets did to Milwaukee those first couple games when they weren't even at full strength. I have no doubt that if the Nets were ever at 100, percent they would have easily like cakewalk to the title.
1: I don't even mm-hmm. want to think about it. I got PTSD. But,
2: but <laughs> now, but now I get the, uh, I get to finally be depressed tomorrow potentially, and that would really suck. <laughs> On one hand, I've, uh, I've, said, I've, said, I've said it before. I've taken a very Kyrie approach to this season, where I'm <laughs> like mm. the Nets players, especially Kyrie, don't even want to play this year. So me as a fan who sat through, who literally sat through in the arena games from 2012 to 2015, and then still went to a couple of games the seasons after that with the Jeremy Lin's of the world and D'Angelo Russell before he really broke out and stuff like that. Getting excited for the Russell-Julio Okafor pairing, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be invested in this next team until the playoffs because they are oh, very strong. What? Yeah,
1: I think he's on the the Pistons. Oh, don't yeah. don't ask me why I know that, but I think they but, get in a um, decent contract in the free agency.
2: But yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wait and see sort of approach with this team, and when it gets competitive, then I'll feel invested. And I made the mistake of like after the Nets had huge blowouts in games one and two, saying publicly that like I wish they had closer games. Not not that I wanted them to lose ever. But I felt like if they were going to ever win a title, they needed to face adversity and come through some tight situations before the finals. And that blew up in my face after seeing both Harden and Kyrie go down. And now knowing that they do have to win a Game 7. It's uh, very stressful, and tomorrow will be by far the most invested I've been in any Nets game this year. And I shouldn't be bothered if they lose because I haven't been that invested this season. But I'm going to be so bothered if they lose just because it felt like, all right, this is finally going to be the team that wins it all.
1: Now, I just got to say this. Considering that you are vaccinated, if I was
2: you, I would 1,000% go to the game tomorrow.
0: Um, I, haven't tomorrow. Looked up,
2: I haven't looked up ticket prices, but if they were not an arm and a leg and I didn't have to go by myself, I would. Um. Last I saw, I, I was looking at tickets for game, what was it, five? Yeah, it would have been five. Um, and I think the cheapest I saw was like about 200, which isn't crazy for a playoff game in the second round. I'm looking but right now looking, on uh, – Still a little too rich for it. my blood. 220
1: is the cheapest ticket, so
2: I take back yeah. what I said. And I was saying, <laughs> I hate – and I, I love the Barclays Center when I can get handicap seats or um, seats in the lower bowl. But Could those, uh, if you get those upper level seats in the Barclays Center and you're not in the handicap section, that is just absolutely rough.
1: Well, they're not at full
2: capacity yet, right? Everything so is they? now. Oh, they are. The it city is? is just fully open. Because when I, uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I love going to the movies. Um, <laughs> I have Regal Unlimited, and I'm at the movies literally any day that I don't have Veronica, which is basically like three or four days a week now. Wait, um, honestly, with how much you go to the movies, you think you could email them and get a sponsorship? That's what I'm saying. I, I, I probably should. <laughs> um, I've literally, I've seen 26 movies since the theaters opened April Jesus. 2nd. I don't in think I've theaters. seen 26 movies in my lifetime. Right. Yeah. I don't even think I've even seen 26 movies. <laughs> <I'm, laughs> I've, I've seen 26, 26 different movies. I haven't seen anything twice, though. 26 different movies since the theaters opened April 2nd. And uh, plus, I went for the UFC last weekend. Oh, how so, was that, by the way? That was a lot of fun because, it, like, I had never done that before. I'd never gone to see a pay-per-view or special event, like, in a movie theater. And it was a lot of fun, too, because, like, sometimes, and I've been to quite a few UFC events in person, and it can be good and bad because it's a lot of fun, especially when the fights are good. It gets fun. But then there's always, like, the obnoxious drunk guys who are all juiced up watching other guys fight and now all of a sudden think they're pro fighters and then fights break out left and right um (laughs) specifically when i went to the the fight night in atlantic city the kevin lee i think it was kevin lee olivera i want to say was maybe the main event um there were literally four fights in the crowd that night in all different parts not even the same like not even the same group of people and one of them was like a group fight. It was just crazy. But it's also because it was in, in Atlantic City. People have been drinking all day and drinking for free. So, but so it, yeah.
1: What was more chaotic, the crowd there or the crowd when we went to that uh, Lincoln Championship game when Telfair was playing at MSG?
2: <laughs> when Dad told we were getting shot at?
1: <laughs> yes,
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know. we haven't ever talked about that, but yeah, my freshman, I guess the, I guess think it was my freshman year at Lincoln. It, it might have been um, going so into that, your
1: freshman year. I don't know. No, I think no, was no I, was,
2: I was already in the school for sure at that point, but I think it was my freshman year. I think it was like the towards the end of my freshman year. Um, I made the city championship under Telfair, and uh, we went to the Garden because that was back when MSG used to host it, and the crowd was nuts, and then, of course, on the way out because it's just a bunch of high school kids from Lincoln, and I want to say... Boys and girls, probably, because I feel like they used mm. to go back and forth a lot in basketball. Um, just a bunch of public school Lincoln and boys and girls kids, like, just being all angry and loud and obnoxious at each other, and then somebody thought they heard gunshots or did hear gunshots, and we're, like, in the middle of, like, 34th <laughs> Street, and our dad's, like, rushing us in to, like, take cover in a in a doorway somewhere. Um, wow, but that was a lucas But... This was what, two you figure two thousand three probably like spring of two thousand three. I'm trying to I'm trying to look yeah. it up. I can't find it. But I think I think it would have been two thousand three. Um if I remember right. But yeah, so that that was fun, but the uh UFC was more chaotic because I was an adult for that, where the Lincoln game I think was maybe dead overreacting quite a bit. But the uh the UFC, like I said, literally four different fights in the stands. Which is always fun. Um, oh, but going back, watch, going back to watching, going back to watching in the theater though, it was cool because everybody who went was pretty like relaxed. Nobody was like obnoxious or loud or getting in anybody's face or anything. It was, and I thought like there might have been some issues because the the back row was like a bunch of like late teens, early twenties, like loud before the event started, white kids. Awesome. Um, but they all ended up being like really relaxed and chill for like the whole event. Um, and then it was it was fun too because then when the Diaz fight happened and he like almost caught, um, who was he fighting, Edwards, almost caught Edwards at the end, the whole place, like everybody was jumping out of their chairs, and it was like the closest I felt to being back at an event since the pandemic started.
1: Yeah, it's almost weird to me now to see like full crowds at these games and stuff, like it makes you even more excited for like the NFL season,
0: because I, yeah. you know, I
1: feel like things should be really, really under control by then, so like I do plan on going to one game well, at least.
0: No, I I, the I, Giants, I, I'm going to a, I'm going to a preseason game, uh, Giants versus the Patriots. That's at MetLife. Yes.
2: Nice. I was gonna say the Giants just announced already today, that uh, or yesterday, they're doing 100% capacity, no vaccine checks and no mask checks this year, um, for MetLife. The only basically the only precaution they're taking is they're doing cashless for everything. But and okay. I had never heard of this until I read the article. Um, they're gonna, they said they're gonna have reverse ATMs in the building, which are apparently you put ca- it's I guess it's kind of like a like the laundromat cards. Mm-hmm. You put money in, and then they give you like basically a, a debit card with that much money on it. Oh, yeah. Um, that makes sense. So that's like kind of a cool idea so they are going cashless. But. That's, that's the only precaution, see, that they're taking. They're going to be open 100%. The plan right now is, like I said, no vaccines, no nothing. Um, there's also two wrestling shows coming in the, in the fall already. They're, they're going to do a wrestling show actually at uh, Arthur Ashe, which I had never been to before, but might have to try to get tickets for in Queens. So that's the, they, the uh, tennis yeah, stadium, right? Yeah, where they do the... the that's AEW, fashion. right? Yeah, AEW's is running Arthur Ashe. Oh, here we go. Um, I'm outnumbered. I'm outnumbered with t- wrestling talk. I have t- I have tickets the week. I have tickets the week before in Newark already. Um, Jeez. that I had bought like pre It was literally it's a. It was supposed. To, I haven't talked about it on here. I bought tickets to what was supposed to be like a big like pay-per-view ish show called Blood and Guts. That was literally. It was like it's a special match that has like two. Because I know Anthony doesn't watch wrestling, and a lot of people listening probably don't. It has two rings. They have a cage around both rings and it's like a big team match. It's supposed to be, you know, bloody and whatever. Um, They were supposed to do that match literally the week after the pandemic hit. I think my tickets were like February 26th or something of of 2020. And then when the pandemic hit, obviously they didn't do the show and it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. It was supposed to be like August and then obviously things weren't good enough to open by August, but now they finally are running the show, I think, September 15th. But then they came out and said, oh, a week later we're going to do Queens. And so it's like, that kind of sucks because had I known that in advance, I would have do just done the Queens show instead of the Newark show. But I may still try to do both anyway.
1: You're going to have your uh, string of movie theater visits and then you're going to have like a bunch of wrestling shows in a row.
2: I Can you believe that I literally haven't been to a wrestling show since – February of 2020. For me, that's like unheard of. You got to be itching. It's like, it's wild. I can't tell you how much I like miss being in a crowd with a bunch of smelly guys. (laughs) And showing off your
1: vast array of wrestling t-shirts. Yes. But
2: uh, all that that I own are plain polos and wrestling t-shirts.
1: Since we're talking about, I guess everything returning to normal vaccine, whatnot. Have you seen uh, Cole Beasley? what he's been tweeting today? Uh-oh.
2: But he no. not? Oh, my Can I only – can I assume that Cole Beasley is anti-vax because he – There's, like, anti-vax, be... and
1: then there's whatever the hell Cole Beasley is. Because, like, Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, I've already explained to you, like, I personally haven't gotten it yet for yeah. reasons worried about, like, long-term Which- – issues
2: I, th- I think is crazy but i also understand because you're not out there being like nobody should get it no yeah like, of course because I, because, don't, like- I don't want it it's not for me but you're not out there calling people sheeple who get it
1: yeah exactly uh, i'm not citing, one that's gonna
2: YouTube videos i'm never telling people they're crazy
1: because they got it or i'm like fully in support of people getting it actually but like personally yeah. i'm not getting it at this time but when you have a guy like cole beasley who has i guess however many hundreds of thousands of followers on twitter and social media whatever so over the past couple of days, when the uh, first – I don't know if you've seen, like, the actual guidelines that they came out with, that the NFL I, and saw the that, I know for the coaches,
2: to, at least, they were basically saying that, like, coaches who are not vaccinated can't be on the field for anything. So they can do things virtually, but they can't be around so the players. The NFLPA came out
1: with a thing, and they apparently agreed to these whole guidelines with the league. So, like, it's a ton of stuff, and it is – it's a lot, but I, I they're basically doing it because they're kind of, they're basically forcing the players to get vaccinated.
2: Yeah. I they they they, they, like It's like most businesses. They want everybody to get the vaccine, but they don't want to just flat out say you got to get it. So they do as much as they can to try to like strongly encourage you getting it.
1: Yeah. So basically it seems like all of the precautions that they were taking last season would still be in effect for who is not vaccinated. But then like, there's also apparently they, uh, there's limits on their, like, social media and marketing sponsorship stuff. So I guess, like, players are taking issue with that. Yeah, but I think that was kind of one of the things they did So like, if we hurt their pockets, then, like...
2: But no, I was going to say, I guess it depends, because, to me, if you're just refusing to get the vaccine, like, for your own personal reasons, I don't think that should have anything to do with your sponsorship. If you're openly saying that you're refusing it and openly anti-vax then i could see them being like we don't want to like we could it does negatively impact the whole country when people are refusing to get it like so i can see them being like well you're not going to be allowed to have sponsorships at least like through the nfl then like if you're not getting it but um so yeah that
1: that was sent out i believe yesterday right the uh, whole guidelines that came out and then Cole Beasley, a quote, tweeted it and said, like, this is crazy. Did we vote on this? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he tweeted again saying, like, the Players Association is a joke. Um, this is this is the first tweet that kind of threw uh, Twitter into a whirl. And then he went even further off the edge, which I'll get to. So he said, the Players Association is a joke. Call it something different. It's not for the players. Everyone gives me the 98% of people who are vaccinated don't get COVID again the odds of me getting in the NFL and playing for 10 years are lower than that. And I'm here. So. what?
2: Huh?
1: Exactly. But wait, it gets,
2: like, it gets, that's even... not, that's not how, ma- that's not how math, I, mean, I guess that is technically how math works. If you want to just do averages, but <laughs> that literally couldn't be a more like senseless comparison. That makes absolutely no sense to having like, to holding no weight with but wait, anything.
1: But wait, this is, this is the one that really, uh, so he said, he quote tweet he was going back. Also, and
2: forth. Was like, also, wait, just reading the way that that sounded like it was phrased, that sounds like he's basically saying that, like, I don't, I don't know. I was going to say, like, whatever. It sounds ridiculous, but go ahead. The moral of
1: the story is Cole Beasley is crazy, and he needs to be careful because he has almost 500,000 followers on Twitter. But, so this is another thing. He was going back and forth with this guy, Tyler, Tyler Conway. I don't know who he is. Oh, he apparently writes for Bleacher Report. But, um, so Cole Beasley says, everybody is so all in on science now, more than I have ever seen. What happened to God's will? Uh Oh, oh my God. (laughs) But wait, but wait, then, um, so then he put out this whole, he typed a little note in his phone and it says, his, his, uh, thing captioned to it. It's public service announcement.
2: Doubling down on the, like, is always your worst move. Like you can say something dumb. But then just either shut up or apologize. Or just don't say anything. Like, just shut up. Just, that's probably your best route. Like, don't apologize because that doesn't seem phony. Just be like, have, you know what? I said something stupid. I'm going to let it lie. And I'm not going to keep doubling down on it. But, no, nope, people can't seem to do that.
1: There have been other players that came out after the uh, NFLPA guidelines came out. And they were like, oh, I don't agree with it. Whatever. But this guy is out here just, like, spewing nonsense. But, like, you're ready for – so a lot of people thought – because usually when a player puts out a note like this, it's something, like, typed from their agent to, like, kind of put water on the flames and, like, diffuse the whole situation. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what he said just because it's, it's crazy to me. So he uh, he says, look, I'm going to live my life, my one life, like I want to regardless. Everyone, hi, I'm Cole Beasley, and I'm not vaccinated. I will be outside doing what I do. I'll be out in the public. If you're scared of me, then steer, steer clear or get vaccinated. Point Blake, period. I may die of COVID, but I'd rather die actually living. I have family members whose days are numbered. If they want to come see me and stay at my house, then they are coming regardless of protocol. I don't play for the money anymore. My family has been taken care of. Find me if you want. My way of living and my values are more important to me than a, doc- than a dollar. I love my teammates and enjoy playing ball because all the outside BS goes out the window in these moments. I just want to win the Super Bowl and enjoy these relationships that will be created along the way. I'm not going to take meds for a leg that isn't broken. I'd rather take my chances with COVID and build up my immunity. One second. There's more to this. And build up my immunity that way. Eat better, drink water, exercise, and do what I think is necessary to be a healthy individual. That is my choice based on my experience and what I think is best. I'll play for free this year to live life how I've lived it from day one. If I'm forced into retirement, so be it. I've enjoyed the times I've had. I'll get to live freely with my wife, kids, and extended family forever. We would get to enjoy the times that we missed from the sacrifices that we've had to make just so I can play this wonderful game. So either way, it's a win-win. That's where I stand. Thank you for everyone who has been supportive throughout this process. A lot of, I don't know who that is, by the way. A lot of Hi. other NFL players hold my position as well, but aren't in the right place in their careers to be so outspoken. I feel for you, and I'm hoping I'm doing my part to represent you guys well. So just real quick before I know you're going to go crazy. Yes. The moral of the story is Cole Beasley 1,000% voted for Donald Trump.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> for, for sure. Um, <laughs> now, if I can get to, get to my little rant. There's so much there to address that I literally don't even know where to start. We, we need a whole off, other. Ep- we just start a new one. just be
0: like, yeah, you might episode. have, to, yeah. the <laughs> you have
2: absolute, to. The most absolute, asinine, selfish part of that whole statement is like, hey, if my family has cancer, they can come see me if they want. I don't really care if they die or not, because yeah. I ain't wearing no mask. I ain't getting no vaccine. Like, you're just an idiot. Okay, that's, that's that's first and foremost. The second one. And this is this is a stance that I've heard from a lot of people, and I feel like I need to explain it because a lot of people are dumb and don't understand science. People mm-hmm. are like, well, if you get the vaccine why do you, and you think vaccines are effective, why do you care that I don't? And, like, on the surface, that makes sense. Because, yes, if I have this vaccine that protects me from this thing and you don't, it shouldn't affect me at all. Here's the problem. When people don't get the vaccine – the vaccine still exists, and the vaccine still transports from person, I mean, sorry, the vaccine, the disease or condition still transports from person to person. In doing that, it can mutate. When it mutates, it becomes resistant to the vaccine. This is why we get a new flu shot every year. This is why kids still have to take MMR vaccines. They don't eradicate the disease, they don't eradicate the disorder completely, they just make it so that your bodies know how to handle them well enough so that odds are you probably won't die if you get it. Like mumps, measles, and rubella all still exist. They just – we don't see people dying left and right from them. So that's why you get the COVID vaccine because if enough people get the COVID vaccine, it won't keep traveling the same way. It won't have the ability to mutate because people won't be as sick. And there you go. It, like, just makes sense. Um, now, as far as his whole getting in shape thing. I can totally see that. I'm a big fat mess, and that's the main reason I got the vaccine, because I was like, this thing kills fat people first, it seems like. And so I need to get the shot as soon as possible. If you're a pro athlete, I get you being more hesitant about it. But again, you're a pro athlete. You're in tremendous shape. Do you wear a seatbelt? Do you wear shoes when you go outside? Do you wear pants? All of those things are things you could rail against and protest against, because guess what? Pants are not comfortable. Seat belts are not comfortable. None of those are comfortable. Shoes are not comfortable. But you know what? They're there for your safety and to make your life easier and to make things more presentable for everybody. So we all have just agreed to do them now. And it's just you're just selfish if you're going to. Like I said, it's one thing to not get it. Although I I disagree with people who aren't getting it too. But I can at least be like, you know what? Your life, your choice to a degree. But the people who are like outwardly railing against it and being like nobody should get it and this and that and this violates my liberties and my freedoms and bruh, <laughs> like, You're a moron and you're setting society back by being here. Just shut up. If you don't want to take it, shut up and don't take it. But don't <laughs> be like, I'm not going to take it because you know what? Somebody on YouTube said blah, 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 blah. And that's where all of these like facts come from. Everybody's like, well, it's not FDA approved and it's not this, and it's not that, and it's all just repeating the same nonsense that they heard from YouTube, that they heard from somebody on Twitter. Nobody's ever like, well, you know, my doctor says this, this, and that. Like, I know there are some doctors who will be like, well, I'm a little hesitant because there's not enough research or whatever, but I haven't heard any doctor anywhere be like, actually, they're going to give you a microchip, or actually, they're going to cause this, this, and that. Like, nobody, the, the worst criticism that anybody has is like, Maybe we 're not a hundred percent sure, but like I've said before, that happens with literally everything that exists. How many different medications have existed that they don't find out things about even after they're FDA approved for years and years and years, unless you're like completely holistic, never take any medicine, never go see any real doctors, do everything through burning sage like Kyrie. <laughs> like Why are you so opposed to it is my thing? Because, again, it's not like they discovered this thing on Mars. It's not a brand-new substance. Like, I get that uh, the messenger DNA issue with it is, like, it's a new technique because you're not injecting your body with a live, like, specimen of the virus. You're getting basically, like, your body's basically getting a lesson plan of, like, this is how you're going to fight the virus if you get it as opposed to, like, traditionally where you would get, like, a weakened version of the virus itself. So I get that, like, this is a new thing. But there's really not a lot to it. Like I said, it's not like the uh the whole early thing with Trump where it was like, oh, if you drink, um I forget what it was, but it was like there was that couple in Arizona I think that died because they like drank their like fish tank cleaner or whatever the case was. It was like because they were more oh, hydroxychloroquine, I think. Um So it's like I don't know, I think generally people are morons. I get I get being hesitant to a degree But I feel like at this point, so many people have gotten it that if there is any serious side effect, that's anything more than like maybe you'll get a rash, maybe something else. Like There's so many people now that have gotten it that the world is going to burn to ash if they find out that there's a major – Like I think New York – or no, not New York alone. I think last I saw the United States had given like 70 million doses of it. If 70 million people all of a sudden find out they can, like, drop dead tomorrow from this thing, there's literally going to be riots in the streets. You're not going to want to be alive anyway. So, just get your vaccine. Stop being an idiot. So, wait. Call you them. haven't heard the
1: theory about the Great Reset?
2: Is that... Is the is it basically the fact... <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's people who believe in a burnout snap, basically. <laughs> exactly, right? It's pop- yeah. population control that they they want to get rid of half the people on Earth, so... Which, which is really, honestly, the dumbest of all ideas. <laughs> because here's the thing, too. It's just like how I railed against flat Earth in the past. For me, for conspiracy, I don't entertain very many conspiracy theories. Period. I've said before, the moon landing is one of the few that I don't agree with, but will at least listen to because I'm like, there's a motivation there. Like, you wanted to beat Russia for like to space. It makes sense. The flat so Earth rough. thing never made sense. the flat Earth thing never made sense to me because like. If you tell people the earth is flat, then you scare them off of travel. You're able to control the world more. People are more likely to stay where they are. And to me, if you're a global elite, that makes more sense than being like, no, nah, it's, it's a globe. We can all travel. We can go to space if we want. Like, wait, That conspiracy never made sense to me.
1: There is um, one conspiracy theory that you are like a big believer in. And you actually like let a lot of people know about it, too. Oh, God. You think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback?
2: Oh, Jesus. That that would be facts. Um, <laughs> because, again, I'm trying Tanner, to
1: transition us out of this Tanner,
2: damn topic. Daniel Jones had a 10 point, 10% higher completion percentage than rookie phenom Jalen Hurts last year. So, uh, oh but I need to hear right going back to the conspiracy theories for one more second. <laughs> um, the whole idea of, of, like, population control and snap is stupid because... Again, if there are global elites and there is this, like, pe- like people want to believe in this, like, whole new world order thing or whatever, um, who would they rather have alive? Would they rather have, like, the people who follow what they're told from scientists, the people who do sort of, quote, unquote, the right thing and have gotten their vaccines? Or would they rather be de- left dealing with the people who are, like, riding in their pickup trucks, going to storm the Capitol, being like, ain't nobody going to control me? Like, which group would they rather have alive to deal with? Do you think they want to kill off the people who are like the people who listen and who do the right thing, or do you think they want to kill off the rebels? Like, if they wanted to do a Thanos snap, they're not going to do it with a vaccine, you morons.
1: <laughs> so, um, just to change the topic a little bit, the Jazz are up by twelve right now, according to my uh. Yeah, uh,
0: it's ninety. Up up, it's ninety. Yes. 97 Terrence Mann is cooking right now. And the best jazz
1: player in franchise history has 28 points in 27 minutes in Donovan Mitchell. So. Yeah, my Terrence Man, on Terrence my man has gonna... 29 points? What he in the 29.
0: world? Because they're leaving him open because it's kind of like they're treating him like Rondo. They're
1: like leaving him open. He's like yeah, 5 I'm of 7 to from that. 3, 11 of 15 overall. And Pandemic P is did. 6 of 15.
0: Oh, he's from Brooklyn? Oh, I'm a fan now.
1: Mm-hmm. Who, Terrence Mann?
0: Mm-hmm. Is he? I thought he was a Florida yeah. Bull. It just said he was from Brooklyn, New York. His hometown is Brooklyn, New York. He about to play for oh. the Nets. Oh,
1: York. I don't know if he's from Brooklyn, but I saw that today. Moses Brown, yeah. He played at Archbishop something. Yo, Terrence yeah. man is
0: cooking. Oh, and he's screaming at niggas' faces. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh... Oh, one John, last thing
0: 10 I want to talk
2: about. For, for the record, uh, for future posterity, the thoughts and words expressed by Eric are not reflective of deep blitz myself. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I have jobs <laughs> I want to keep. And this is like the third thing that I feel like has flipped out. That first it was the R word, then it was, uh, I believe, an N word in there. And Eric is a black guy, so at least he has more leeway with that
0: than Castle Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that. You
2: know, i, mean, I, I got to try
1: to save this, unlike the uh, NBA but... <laughs> do- <laughs>
0: The, the so Clippers are,
1: are a tough uh, topic
0: for him to talk about. So Yeah, right, because I, I can't really talk because my team got <laughs> bounced out and then there's a lot going on in Dallas. But b- speaking of Dallas, I wanted to pitch this uh, this thing that I saw and I wanted to see like, how y'all felt about it. Um, So I read somewhere that it's a possibility that we – oh, my God, Terrence, man, is really cooking, bro. Yeah. Um. So there's a possibility of a uh, Raptors, and I'm, I'm throwing my air quotations up. You can't, you can't really see it, but there's a, a Raptors reunion in Dallas with um with the possibility of us acquiring the the uh, in free agency and Kyle Lowry in the signing trade.
2: Eh, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I was gonna say why? Like, I mean, one or the other maybe, but like, why both when you have Luka? I feel like you should be attacking. You definitely need a guard, but that needs to be Lowry. I feel like you should really be going after bigs. Like, yeah, so Low- like Lowry to me makes more sense than DeRozan. If you're gonna do like Lowry, and Luca, and now you need a big,
1: but be- because like DeRozan, I feel. But
2: like- is, here's my question: Is Lowry teetering on like Mike Conley, sort of like territory where it's like this guy that was an All Star for a long time that was one of the major pieces of carrying a team? I know he never won a ring. Um, not Lowry, uh, Conley. But I feel like now Connolly has become this sort of like – after like I know he's playing on, I guess, technically the best team in the West and maybe the best team in basketball. I don't remember how the records went. But uh, I feel like he's kind of become an afterthought in Utah and like the third or fourth best player on that team. Yeah, so I feel like Lowry's definitely – kind of becoming that, I feel
1: like. He's on the decline for sure, but I feel like on the right team he makes a lot of sense because like yeah. – I know the Lakers were like, well, interested I think the up, on. Did,
2: like on the point guard situation for Dallas. I'm sure. But...
1: Yeah. hundred percent.
2: I, I thought Dallas
1: was going to be a perfect place for Kemba, but obviously that's not going to happen. I mean, it could still happen. Who knows? But I think Lowry would make sense. I'm not sure about the Rosen because I feel like the is, especially since he's been to San Antonio, he's almost plays like the point guard for them. Cause he's been getting like a ton of assists. He's really like mm-hmm. running the offense. I just feel like that would kind of conflict a little bit too much with Luca. I feel like with a guy like Luca, you just let him run the offense, and Lowry can kind of be like that secondary guy, in terms of like handling the ball. Because he's, but he's not going to be scoring much. Because I feel like they're going to bring back Tim Hardaway Jr. Right? He's a free agent. Yes. So he's gonna he's gonna be free. So I feel like they have to bring him back. Yeah, we will. And then like. They just have the, to figure out what they want in the front court because I don't think Porzingis is it. So they got to trade him and I don't know what his value is. I don't think
0: really? I don't think I don't think Porzingis is going to get traded this offseason. I just think that his contract is too big of a burden for any team to really take a chance on and say like, "Hey, we 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 have the space, but we don't we don't know if we want to take that chance because but I, it's it's also hard to say that
1: the same day that Kevon Walker was just traded who's like Six or seven years older and cost, like seven million more and has even worse injury problems
0: than Porzingis does. Yeah, but I mean he went to he went to OKC, which I think with all those picks and stuff like that, I think it's more of it's going to be like a maybe what Al Horford is going to do. He's probably going to play like limited minutes, but he's going to be like that veteran guy to like kind of coach up the, the the young guys and kind of like show them the ropes kind of thing. Well, I don't think think
1: Kemba's gonna play there. I think he's gonna end up getting traded again, probably. But like, with Porzingis, I feel like he's still young enough, and like some team is gonna convince themselves like, even if Dallas has to like package a pick or package like a younger or better contract with him, I feel like he can be moved, and like some teams just gonna convince themselves like, oh, this is if he changes scenery, gets out of Luca's shadow, plays with whoever
2: else. But wait, I think just just a quick question: What is the rule with that? with the whole trade thing. Cause I remember when the nets were originally back when they first moved to Brooklyn and there was the rumor that the big three was going to be Darren Williams, Joe Johnson and Dwight Howard that Brooke Lopez, they had signed Brooke Lopez and then they couldn't trade him for like six months or whatever it was. Is that only when you sign a new deal? That I you think it was when you sign a new with? deal. Yeah, I think, um... cause I know there's something about like, basically you can't be traded twice within a certain window or whatever.
1: No, if you sign like an extend yep. that's why they're always like signing trades. Like if you sign with the same team, then yeah. they can trade you pretty much right away. But like in terms of like if you just traded for a player, like not just sign them, I think there's only a, a an issue with like a delay in when you can trade them if the player just signed.
2: Well, like I that they... said, that's what happened that's what happened with the Brook Lopez deal I know was they it seemed like they weren't sure if they were gonna be able to get Dwight, so they extended Brooke that off season and then Like once they extended him, they basically said that they couldn't trade him for Dwight until I think it was like December.
1: Yeah, because I know usually it's like – I don't think it's like a couple months or maybe a month before the trade deadline it seems like every year is like when all of a sudden all these other guys can be traded. Because I remember like this year with the Celtics, there was like a certain date that like now Tristan Thompson could be traded. Not like anybody would want him, but like (laughs) it was at that point that that was like – that was lifted. So I know like when a player is signed with a new team, there's some sort of restrictions – yeah, But in terms of like, I remember, uh, who was it? Uh, damn. Luke Ridenour, I think it was. He was traded like four or Ooh, five times for the same tread dead, trade deadline.
0: Sonic's so I just, legend.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think it was him. He was traded like to like five different teams. So it's just a matter of but, like, yeah. I know I, said, I
2: know I talked about it before on here, I think. But my white whale of jerseys, the one jersey, there's two jerseys that I still want in life. I want the powder blue Steven Davis, and I feel like I've said that a million times. And I want the Rasheed Wallace Hawks jersey because everybody forgets that before he went to the Pistons to win the titles, he uh, went from Portland to Atlanta, played literally one game in Atlanta, went off, and then got traded to Detroit. And that's still one of my like favorite sports things that I've ever seen happen. So would that be like your holy grail of
1: jerseys? Like if you have one that, jersey? That is
2: the jersey. If I get that jersey, I don't need any other jerseys. I want a Rasheed Wallace Hawks jersey in the worst way.
1: Eric, what would be yours? Um, anything dirt? <laughs> Man, that's boring. I want something like hard to find. Uh, oh, hard to I?
0: find? Oh, jeez. <clears throat> um,
1: because you could literally go on eBay and you can't even find a Rashid Wallace Hawks jersey. And I feel like you could find anything on eBay. I'm
2: gonna tell a, you.
0: Um, give me a. Well, I mean, I I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really care for him too much. But if you're talking about like hard to find jerseys, give me a, give me that uh. At Cole Bennett, Cleveland—is it Cole Bennett? Cole Bennett. The, like wasn't, a... there, wasn't it? Was it? Was the, it Was the first round pick that? And then when he was the first round, he was the. Oh, Anthony. Pick. Anthony! Yeah, the Cleveland. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, An Anthony Bennett jersey would be something that, that sure. would be good
1: actually. Uh, let me see what I could do.
2: Uh, former Brooklyn, former Brooklyn, not Anthony Bennett.
1: I never forget. I forgot
2: about that. I,
1: I still swear
2: Put it on stuff, he I today. This is how much of a Knicks fan I was that like I was excited for Anthony Bennett at one point. Like guys I forgot about. I have a Jer- I have a Jeremy Lynn I had a Jeremy Lynn Knicks t shirt and I have a Jeremy Lynn I have two Jeremy Lynn next jerseys. Like <laughs> oh my, my next fandom is very real. Um I feel like to wagon, people don't understand it, but He just went into I hiding. Was, oh I was so excited to get a team in Brooklyn.
1: So my, I think my jersey a choice, even though he's not their head coach anymore, I gotta go with a Doug Peterson Eagles jersey. <laughs> I was, I feel like I was tweeting to Mitchell and S like every other week, because they had apparently like, they showed a, an image of like a number fourteen Eagles jersey, and they were like with like the googly eye emoji, and I like lost my mind, and then they never actually ended up putting it out. So there was well, one we, that came across I think on talked eBay. talked
2: about it before, but uh. We do somewhere have an autographed football with Jason Garrett's autograph on it when he was a player for the Giants, yeah, which a lot so of people weird, forget so. happened He had a very short stint of, like, the backup third string. Um, yeah, at so weird. His, uh, so somewhere, somewhere in one of our houses, there exists a football with a Jason Garrett autograph from when he was a Giants player. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so one last thing I wanted to get on, and then we'll wrap this up. Um. Thoughts on the Madden 2022 cover with Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes on it?
0: What? <laughs> um, yeah, not a fan. I think um, it's a... I think it's a it's a, it's a... it's a thing to get people to... Because to, I really feel like any Madden... Because I think John said it at some point. Madden became... But like, 20 years ago, like he said, games was like... You know, the Madden games was really dope to play. Like, they... they I'm still waiting for that feature to come back, too, bro. The creative play. You was able to create your home playbook and all kinds of stuff. I, everything...
2: I miss the creative play so bad, especially because, like, they never fully implemented it the way that they should. Because I always love creative play, but, like, they never gave you option plays from what I remember. And you could never no. have, like, real trick plays with it. But you could move guys all over. You could make whatever right. weird formations you wanted to make. Like, I used to make one with, like, four guys in a line. Like yeah
0: exactly just do something like you can like do games, whatever you like want to finish, right it. but so I, yeah. I think that yeah so I, I really think that what happened was happening is and again I think John you said it too like it literally became a glorified free to play game where you know the only thing that they really want you to do is spend money on the on the mut the the the, the, the mutt shit. I mean excuse sorry for the curse but the, mutt <laughs> the 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 the, the mut stuff you know what I'm saying I mean like the 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 career the career stuff sucks the gameplay. I mean, I play. I'm playing Madden 21 right now, but I'm playing. I'm not playing the next gen. I'm playing the um, the current gen. Um, but either way, I'm I, like if if it if I wasn't in a franchise, like playing with my friends and stuff like that, like I wouldn't even really be looking at Madden. Like it, it hasn't become it has it has it's not fun anymore. Because I feel like anytime that I open a Madden, I literally either have two options: do something on a franchise where I'm creating some kind of player, I'm doing like a head coach or an owner. Or if there's a story mode, and even if the story mode is not even all that great, then you do that, and then once you're done with that, all you really left with is the is the the my ultimate team. So it's like, what you, what else are you supposed to do? So I think it's just a money grab, because wasn't yeah. wasn't wasn't like wasn't both of them had their own covers individually anyway. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think they both had it. But like, like
1: back to back years? I think too. I,
2: I think it's a good. I think it's a good look for a cover. Like, it makes sense to have literally the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest quarterback currently. Like, it makes sense from a marketing perspective. It looks cool visually. Mm. But, like I've said before, and I don't – I'm not one of those people because, like, people have done this with wrestling games too, where they're like, oh, well, this game is the same game as last year's with just an updated roster or whatever. Sometimes I don't mind that. I think once you have enough features and you've figured out enough – you can kind of leave games generally untouched and be fine. My right. problem with Madden is they got to that point, and I would say it was maybe around, I want to say it was like Madden 05 or 06. There was, I think it was the first Madden, maybe 06, that had the playable combine drills. But, or maybe even 07. It had like playable combine drills, but I think it still had the minicamp and it still had creative play. And, like, if you just had all those features that you removed from Madden over the years, if you had, like, a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for football, where it's, like, you can create a play, and you can play in the yard, and you can do the face of the franchise,
0: oh, for and you, man, can,
2: yeah. you can create stadiums, and you can create uniforms and teams, and you can play with NFL Europe. No, I'm just kidding on that one. Um, <laughs> but if it was just, yeah, like I said, playable combine drills, playable minicamp drills, like, those things go a long way. Cause I know that they think, and they're not wrong that like most of their fan base is either into just competitive online play or playing ultimate team also right. competitively online. Mm-hmm. But they, they've they totally ignored how many people like to play offline and that there is still a market for people who just want to pick up and play a football game without like playing against some ravenous 10 year old ready to curse them out online.
1: Right. Well, in, in my opinion, I feel like Madden, because I used to play Madden like crazy. I would play in little tournaments with, like, family and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, every year I almost had, like, over 100 games played online. That's, like, a lot of time to invest. But yeah. ever since Madden 25, which was the first one on the Xbox One, I don't know if you remember when that came out, they literally released it, and it had, like, two modes. And it was, like, the, yeah. the most stripped-down game ever. And I feel like ever since then, it's just, like, they got away with it that year. So they were like, oh, we could just keep doing this. Like, why do we have to actually put in effort and add all these new features? Because now, like, even this year, everybody got excited because when they, like, put out the video, it was like, oh, a whole new game, all this stuff. And then you read the actual article that breaks down all the features, and literally two out of the three features are about the atmosphere and, like, the crowd. And, like, it it rattles your routes when you do, like, pre-snap stuff. Like, it really doesn't make make any sense to me
2: like that's like that's cool stuff, but that's also stuff that like they're is new that existed in NCAA football. What fourteen? And before? they mentioned
1: that in the article too.
2: Like there was literally like I know the old like one of the NCAA games literally had it where if you were like depending on the game situation and which stadium you were in or whatever, that the crowd would get so loud that yeah you literally couldn't see the like routes pre uh, pre player and stuff like that. And like I think that's a very cool option to have, but. I'd be a lot more excited if you were just like, "Hey, we're adding, we're returning all these features that we stripped out over the years." Because, to me, like I said, going back to the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, like you don't have to revolutionize the game. Just return what should have never left. It doesn't make sense. But exactly. I know some people have like, "Oh, well, right. you can't have creative play because people exploit it online or whatever," but I feel like that's such nonsense. Like either then debug it, or you know what, make competitive online games then where you can't use your own created plays, or you can only use two created plays or something like that. Like, I'd be fine if it was just an offline-only feature because, like, when mm-hmm. it did initially exist in the game, it, there was nobody really playing online like that. But it's just crazy that they took it out completely. Well, they could literally do, like, say a game like Call of Duty does where you have, like,
1: an, a regular online, like, casual playlist and then you have a ranked playlist. So you can have it where people can use whatever playbook they want on the casual one, but then when it comes down to ranked stuff, they have to just use stuff that's in the game already, like not nothing user-created.
2: Yeah, like it's well, really, okay. they, it's they make
1: of, more than enough money to put, like, that kind of time into it, and they just refuse to do it, so.
2: Yeah, that's why, well, there's two, there's, honestly, there's two big reasons why I don't buy Madden anymore, more than anything else, if I'm being 100% honest, because I knew that Madden was more or less the same game. I knew that it was stripped down for years, but I only stopped buying it maybe three or four years ago was, like, the last time I actually bought a Madden. Yeah, when EA Blade Madden, came out. It's EA, yeah, EA EA Access. Access, Yeah, EA Access, which I guess became EA Play eventually. But, so they gave you now a 10 hour trial, and then eventually they give you the whole game, like, when it's almost the end of the season. But I never really played beyond those 10 hours. And then, to me, the bigger thing too is that, like, we still don't have a Madden on the Switch. With how stripped (laughs) down Madden is, there's absolutely no reason you can't have it on the sh- on the Switch. We literally have NBA 2K on the Switch, with basically all the same Word. features that the other systems have. Why can't we have a Madden on the Switch? It's insane. I have two games oh for the Switch. It's other games for the Switch, too. It's not even, like, a publishing issue or whatever. Like There are EA games that you can play on the Switch, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's, like, versions of Plants vs. Zombies on the Switch, if I'm not mistaken. They,
1: they literally have but, Madden on the cell phone. Like, you can get it on... I know Apple has it. I don't know if Android has it, but, like, and it looks pretty decent for a phone game, so it's like, why can't yeah. you just? I don't know. Yeah, Try
2: you like makes. just tweak. I mean, I I know it's I know everything is harder than I'm making it sound, but like I can't imagine it's harder than like tweaking the graphics. And like I said, even if you had to take out the story mode or something, because like you feel like cutscenes can't be in the game, which still doesn't make sense because like, you have a game like L.A. Noir on there, you have Saints Row Four, you have games that are basically like exactly where Madden is, if not above them already that you can play on the switch. Why can't I get a Madden on the switch? That's a big thing that I've like wanted for a long time that I haven't gotten. And even yeah. like, there's other cool things too with the switch that you could do that you like can't do on any other system too. Like if, if you're not going to add back creative play completely, make it where you can draw hot routes on the switch. Like I think they did that with the DS one year, and one of the versions. And that to me is such a cool thing that like, why can't we just have that? I mean, I'd settle for not even having that. If I could just get a Madden on the switch. But it's it's insane to me that we don't get a Madden on the Switch, and it really bugs me, and that's a big part of why I haven't bought it, too.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, any other closing comments from either one of you before we wrap this up? Nope. Nope. Uh,
2: no, I gave some strangers popcorn today after they called me a fat guy with popcorn, but that's a long story that I'll probably tell you off-air. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You mentioned something before we got on, and now I need to, to, to
1: end the show with it. So you had a Tinder oh.
2: story? Tinder. Yeah. So <laughs> it's no surprise to anybody who knows me, or at least I don't think it is at this point. Um, I'm in the middle of basically a divorce, like not legally, but me and Jen are separated. It's not really a surprise to anybody at this point. Um, so we've been like separated for almost a year, but just this week I decided to like actually join formal dating apps. I was on Facebook dating for like a few months, but uh
0: decided I want to get, like, date
2: uh, yes, I'm on J-Date, I'm on Cougar Life. One of the um, guys Black, I work I'm with is on Black Cougar Dandy. Life. This Puerto Rican guy I work with is on J-Date, and I was like, what the hell is that? He's like, <laughs> it's a Jewish him.
1: dating thing. I was like, oh my god.
2: But, Go ahead, well, I he, he saying he's on J-Date to get money is probably more offensive than anything Eric said this episode. <laughs> um, well, let's pretend I didn't say that. Let's break that for the record, but it was just a joke. Um... No, but yeah. So I joined uh, Tinder, Bumble, and Coffee Meets Bagel, which is terrible, and I'm gonna get off that one soon. Isn't that? I saw that on Shark Tank. I think. You know where? I, you know where I heard about it? Dewan had mentioned it to me at one point, and I was like, "All right, I'll try it." Um, but it sucks, and it's like it's the most like paywall protected one of them all, and it's right, Let's go, Tinder story. But get anyway, so I so I I've been on Tinder. I've matched with a couple people or whatever. Um, one of them was a girl that like clearly looked too attractive to be real <laughs> and i i thought was probably a catfish but she was verified cuz like you can verify yourself by taking pictures in certain poses so okay. I was like you know what? I'll match and just see cuz like you don't like i didn't do any of the pay services so i don't 100% know who who liked me or whatever but you can generally tell by like the scrambled picture who they are <laughs> so i i matched with them and they like sent a message it was like something i don't know something innocent enough or whatever and then like asking me what I was looking for, and I said something like, you know, oh, I'm not really sure, or whatever, just to see how things go. Um, and then they were like, oh, well, we know why we're both here, so let's let's uh, give me those digits. And I <laughs> and I just wrote back with two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. Yeah. The message was instantly deleted. The user was nowhere to be found. Oh my god. So my love for both Mike and Mac Jones. Jesus, that's, and got me instantly ghosted by a probable catfish on Tinder.
1: That's, um, the, that's the best story that we've heard on here, and I think it's also the best way to end this episode.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> that'll do it for this week. So, yeah,
1: that does it for episode number twenty-five.
2: I'll tell uh, you how always, I ruin more relationships next week. I'm sure. Oh
1: God. As always, rate, comment, subscribe—all that good stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Baye Debona, John on Twitter at Jorge Blanco, and Eric on Twitter at
2: no Eric's got a Twitter I'm pretty sure I just don't know what it is <laughs> damn all right, I think he fell asleep but uh, yeah
1: that about does it
2: that I think he's too busy to. doing his Facebook live yeah it might be
1: alright thank you all for listening and i uh, will see you next week